It is indeed a blessing to have you listen to our worship services and our power talks here on Anchor FM. This is Pastor Kip Nance with uh, Living Water Worship Center here at 58 Clyde King Drive in Bladenboro, North Carolina. If you're looking for a church that'll love you, a church that'll challenge you on a weekly basis to learn more of the Lord, get closer to the Lord, and a church that's in search of the glory of God to manifest itself again here in the 2020 decade, we want to invite you personally to come and be a part of our assembly. Come worship with us. You can be my special guest. I would sure love to see you. Our service times is on Sunday morning at 1030 and Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Come as you are and be who you are and discover the difference. I'm sure that you'll be ecstatic once you do. God bless you, and we'll be looking forward to see you. Yeah, that is wearing us out up here when the Lord gets to moving. I'm telling you, when the anointing's there, it's something else. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give God a good hand clap. Good to see Nathan. Nathan gave his heart to the Lord Sunday morning, so we do need to praise the Lord on that. I said praise the Lord on that. Amen. I got through reading the scripture on uh, Sunday morning and the power of God fell here. And as I left, the Lord ministered to me and said, I have put my stamp of approval on where you're heading. He said, but you jumped the gun. You went a little too far, too fast. I said, okay. So through the period of time now, speaking on the tabernacle of David, it will probably be about seven different messages on Sunday morning that is going to bring about what I call a heart transplant here in Living Water. Amen. Time for a heart transplant. Amen. I will be ministering that on Sunday morning. And I want you all to be here and be ready to go. Amen. So smile at your neighbor here today and say you're in surgery. You're in surgery. Now when you go into surgery, surgery isn't very comfortable. The surgery corrects what's going on. And I'm not going to talk on it very much, but when you do have a heart transplant, yeah. they take your heart out of your body and lay it on a shelf and keep it going. And keep you going and then they put another heart on the inside of you and God said listen to this I am changing the heart of the people in living water I'm going to say it again I'm changing the heart of the people in living water and as you come and be a part of this God is going to resurrect some things but he's also going to kill off some things and God's going to do something new in 2021 and I expect in 90 days, God is going to richly bless this assembly. Amen. If you believe that tonight, shout amen, amen and give God a good hand clap. Amen. amen. I got one that believes that. I said, if you believe that tonight, shout amen, which means so be it, and clap your hands tonight for the power of God. Amen. This will be put on our podcast. In fact, it is live on our podcast at this moment. On our podcast right now, I've taken it, uh, I've kind of uh, slowly weaned myself away from Facebook. And one of the reasons why is the political stand that they have taken, that's number one, but the uh, immoral stand that they're taking. I'm still going to use it until God opens up another area. But the podcast will be recorded and it will be text to you. If I do not have your cell phone number or you are not a member of Living Water Worship Center's group on uh, Facebook, I need that before we leave, so get that to Tina so that we can text you this because we want you to start sharing this out Mm -hmm. to everybody you know. Sunday morning, I took what we did and put it on the podcast. We had 1,516 views on Facebook on the podcast. Get this. We had 30,287. Maybe somebody's excited about that. 30,287. Out of the 30,287 on the podcast, the the, the statistics said that over 70% listened to the entire service. Now, that's something to give God some praise for. Amen. Amen. We're not just ministering in uh, Bladenboro, North Carolina. 
We're going to be ministering around the world. Amen. And God has got something available here for us at Living Water. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Good to see all of you tonight. It's time to take our offering real quick. I'm going to get, uh, let's get Nathan since it's the first time yeah. here as a, 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 a blood-bought saint of God. Come take the offering. So get, get your money out. I'll pray for that after we talk just a second or two. Carrie has asked the church for prayer. Uh, also, uh, her nephew and her daughter, and uh, I'm sorry, her, her sister's daughter has had surgery this week. We want to continue to remember them. We also need to continue to remember everyone that is sick under COVID, and we want to continually minister and, and uh, uh, remember Sister Carol. Sister Carol's not feeling very well. Uh, we want her to be touched by the power of God. Yeah. And we want you to remember our assembly and get everyone back into the church. Amen. Yeah, I know a lot of them are scared to death of the virus. I'm not. I will get you in just a second. Uh, I'm not scared of the virus. I've already had the virus and I've overcome the virus. And I know that uh, God can have his hand on you regardless. Amen. Yeah. Brother John. Okay. Okay. He's in his 90s, right? Yeah. Let's everyone just pray real quick, if we will. Father, I thank you for the gift that has been given today. Father, I thank you for those that are honored you in your presence here tonight. Father, I ask you tonight, Lord God, that you'll minister to each person that has named that has been brought out. Father, that you'll send angels where they are and they will be ministered to in a mighty way. God, today, I pray that you'll open up our hearts, our souls, and minds. We endeavor to learn more of your word tonight, and we'll give you the precious praise for all that you do. Keep each and every heart open tonight, Father, as we bring brand new things to them that they've never heard before. And God, we thank you today that we're going to leave here a different way than what we came, and we give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name and our church said amen, amen and amen. I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter number one. We've been teaching on spiritual warfare on Wednesday night. I began to realize as I began to ask a couple of people some questions, I began to realize that spiritual warfare is a subject that a lot of people don't know. And I picked up at a certain area, but I was way ahead of what God wanted us to be. So now we're going all the way back to the starting in Genesis. And we're going to lay a foundation so that you can understand why it is that we are at war. Amen? Amen? Now, Genesis chapter number one, we're only going to read a couple of verses tonight from there, but we're going to go all the way through the Bible because we're going to prove something to you. First thing in your notes that I want you to write down is the word dispensation. Dispensation. A lot of people don't know what that is, so let me give you a definition with it. Dispensation is a fancy word for a time period, a period of time. It is a period of time that God gives to man, and when it pertains to the Bible, it's a period of time that God gives to man or to angels and puts them on probation. And while they're on probation, God deals with them a certain way in that dispensation. And God broke the Bible up in several different dispensational eras. In fact, there are nine different dispensations in the Bible, nine different time periods. There's a scripture in the epistles that says to study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. There is things that are written in certain other dispensations that cannot be applied to the other dispensations. And that's what we have all these mix up in doctrines with. So God has given nine dispensations in the Bible. However, only seven of them deal with man. Two of them deal with angels. And tonight we're going to begin to start dealing with those dispensations. And I'm going to give them some fancy names. But I want you to understand when we're talking about a certain period, we're talking about the way God dealt with his subjects, whether it be an angel, whether it be a man. He would give them a law to live by. And when they broke that law, the dispensation ended and a new dispensation came. Amen. So in, if everybody's got that, say amen. amen. So seven of them relate to us. Two of them relate to the angels. And the first dispensation that you go into, into the Bible, is in Genesis chapter number one. And it is a dispensation that is dealing with the angels. Good to see Thelma tonight. Amen. Praise amen. the Lord. 
So Genesis chapter number one, I want you to know before I read that Genesis is the seed plot of the entire Bible. If you do not understand the Bible or the book of Genesis and you don't go through it all the way through it and understand the book of Genesis to a certain point, you will never understand the Bible. So without a thorough understanding of the book of Genesis, you will never know what God is telling us in the Bible. In fact, the Bible will never come alive to you. It will only be words on pages if you don't understand Genesis. Why? Because Genesis is about the redemption of the human race, but it's also built around a theme of creation, a theme of man's fall, and the redemption of the human race through Jesus Christ. And around these three centers, all of the divine revelation that will ever be given to man it will always be about the creation. It will always be about man's fall. It will always be about the redempting power and work of God through his son, Jesus. Genesis is the foundation on which all divine revelation comes to us, and it rests on it. And if we don't know what starts the foundation, we'll never be able to build the revelation. You got me tonight. Amen? So... Every great doctrine that you will find in the pages of Scripture finds its roots in the book of Genesis. It is in a seed form. It's in germ form. You can look at it in a type form. And the Bible shares with us everything we need to know in life. In fact, let me make some broad, and y'all heard me say it before, every answer to every problem that you will ever have in your life is found in the Word of God. But not only is it found in the Word of God, it is found in the book of Genesis. So if you can master the book of Genesis, you can answer every problem that you've got in your life. In fact, let me make it even broader so you get interested in this. If you really understand the Scriptures, every answer you will ever need in your life is found in the first chapter of Genesis. So all you really got to do is master Genesis chapter number 1. So how many of you is ready here tonight? Amen? So the question is, why was it that God wrote or, or felt the need that he needed to write the word the, 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 the word in Genesis and write the book of Genesis? Well, number one, let me give you ten reasons real quick. Number one, it was to reveal to man the origin of earth, the heavens, and also all that is there is in the heavens and the earth. It was to reveal to us that evolution was not the way this world was created. That's number one. Number two, it was declare God as the personal creator. And number three, it was that, that nothing had evolved through billions of years. We're going to find out tonight that the earth is much older than you think it is. We're going to find out tonight a lot of things that some of you have never heard before in Scripture, just reading a couple of verses. It also, listen to this, this is the fourth one, this is very important, and most people don't know this, and that is to reveal that there was a social system and a world that existed on this earth before Adam was ever created. There was a pre-Adamite world, and it was destroyed by God, and we're going to prove that in Scripture to you tonight. How many is interested in that? Amen. Amen. All right. Number five, it was to record the restoration of the earth to a second habitable state. We are living in the world that is now. We'll find out later on there used to be a world before us, and there is going to be a world that comes later after us. Amen? Are you interested yet? Okay. Number six is to reveal facts of man, facts of animals, and to reveal to you what is populated in the spiritual world. Find out what's in the spiritual world. Number seven, record the history of man's fall. And number eight is the second curse on the earth to be brought forward so you can understand why it is that men die, why it is that men are sick, why it is that men fight the enemy, and why the enemy is wanting to take you out. Number nine is that the sinful career of the earth was lasted for 2,391 years from Adam to Moses. So this book covers 2,391 years from the time that Adam was created to the time that Moses come. And then it will be many years before Jesus ever comes. So 
The last reason was to introduce God's law. It isn't the law. It introduces God's law. And we're going to get into that tonight. So let's look at verse number one tonight. Verse number one, chapter number one of Genesis. We're going to be starting tonight there. And we're going to be going through the Bible a whole lot. I hope you got your Bible. I hope you're ready to go forward. If you are, say amen. amen. So now we're going to read a little bit here. Number one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That is section one of Genesis. This is section one. I'm going to give it a real good name. It's talking about the dispensation of angels. It is the time period that God ruled the earth through angels. It is a dispensation that God put in place to see if the angels would follow him in obedience or they would rebel. It is from the dateless past, where we don't know where it began to start, to the end of seven days of creation from Genesis chapter number one to Genesis chapter number two. It covers from the way back yonder period to now. Now I want to read this first verse, the first two verses, in the original Hebrew language and how it would be translated today. I want you to hear me very well. Hear me very well. Through many eons and ages and periods of time, the gods brought out of nothing three heavens and the dry land. And the dry land became null and void and was empty and waste. And after a period of time, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's quite different than what you read in the Scripture, isn't it? Can I quote it again so you can follow me? Yes. Through many eons and ages and periods of time, the gods, plural, brought out of nothing the three heavens and the dry land. And the dry land became null and void, waste and empty, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So if you look at it in that light, in the original language, it tells you much more than you could ever imagine about this. Now, one of the reasons why a lot of people are atheists and they don't believe in the Bible is they say the Bible only contains 6,000 years of men's history. And they say that scientists can prove that the earth is six billion years old. And because scientists can prove that it's six billion years old, then they discount the fact that there is a God. But verse 1 says, Through many eons and ages and periods of time, the gods brought out of nothing the three heavens and the dry land. God did not say, I created the earth in seven days. Didn't say that. He said through many eons and ages and periods of time, I brought out of nothing the earth or the dry land, the heavens and the dry land. So tonight we want to look at what we call the anti-chaotic age because from verse 1 to verse number 2, we see everything when God creates something is perfect and then all of a sudden everything is in chaos. And we have a dispensation, dispensation of angels between there. So a dispensation, a system of order, a government that exists for a time, and a time period in this area right now, verse number one, is unknown. It goes all the way back to the very first action of God when he began to bring this universe into existence. Amen? You got me now. Everybody follow me. During that period of time, Angels ruled certain planets. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 14. Let me prove that to you real quick. Isaiah chapter number 14. How many has already learned something tonight when you came to church? Amen? I got a couple that has. Isaiah chapter 14. There are two laws that I want to give you when you come in to study in the scripture. First off, there is a law called the law of first reference. When you are studying the scripture, that law says if you want to find out what the writer in Acts is saying, 
You go all the way back to the first time that it was ever mentioned in the Bible and you study from that time it was first mentioned to the time you get up to Acts and the revelation that was given over the years, you can find the doctrine that that writer is talking about at that point. It's called the law of first reference. The second law you need to know is the law of double reference. That is when you are talking to somebody but you're not talking to that person primarily. You're talking to what is influencing that person behind it. That is, when you open your mouth and you're talking to Susan, you're not necessarily talking to Susan. You're talking to the enforcing spirit, be it an angel or a wicked angel, that is behind her, and you are ministering both to her and to him. So when God wrote the scripture out in many areas, he wrote it with the law of double reference in it, and he did this in Isaiah chapter number 14. And I want you to look at verse number 12, and we're going to read verse 12 through 23. This is talking about Lucifer. This is what it says. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Now notice this. When did Lucifer fall? Lucifer was already the devil when he came into the Garden of Eden. Amen? So he had the fall before the Garden of Eden. So he fell. Now look at that verse right there. It said that he was cut down to the ground. He was thrown off of his throne, so to speak. And then it went on. He said, you weakened the nations. So God is telling us in that one scripture that there was a social order and there were nations here on the earth before Lucifer ever fell. Y'all seeing that? If you got it, then I say amen. It says, for thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. So he was an angel that was ruling in a throne, and it was above the stars of God. The stars of God in the Bible, when it mentions them, are angels. So he was the one not only that was over earth, but he wanted and desired to be enthroned above every one of the angels that was there. And he says, I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation. So he's saying to himself, I'm going to throw God off of his throne. He said, in the sides of the north, he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. We're going to study hell tonight. First off, a lot of people never teach you what hell truly is. There are five different places in hell. And we're going to talk about that if we can get far enough tonight. And it says, it said, you've been brought down forth to hell and to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nation, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as a raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword, and go down to the stones of the pit." And as a carcass trodden underfoot, thou shalt not be joined with them in burial, because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. Now, I'll just, what I wanted to read that for is I wanted to bring it out to you that he had a throne and he ascended to heaven to try to overthrow God before Adam ever was created. Now I want you to go with me to Ezekiel, a couple books over, Ezekiel chapter number 28, and I want to, to tell you who we're dealing with. A lot of people don't realize exactly what the devil is. Some of you young folks here today, you're going to get a revelation of what the devil truly is and how he uses things to get to you and what he does to minister and, and get you in his kingdom. Ezekiel chapter 28. Everybody with me tonight and say amen. amen. We're going to pick up at verse number 11. This is the law of double reference. God is talking to a certain individual, but he's not really talking to that individual. He's talking to the person or the thing that is running this person. And in verse number 11, he says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me and says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. So he is talking to the king of Tyrus, but he's also talking to a spirit that is ruling Tyrus. And he says, Say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sillest up the sum full of wisdom. Everybody say with me, The devil's real wise. 
Boy, he's got a plenty of wisdom. Jesus said, God said that he was the wisest angel that was created. He was full of wisdom. And look at it, it said, and you were perfect in beauty. He is the, one of the prettiest things you ever lay your eyes on. This, this deal that you see with all these horns and all this stuff, there's a figment of somebody's information. Imagination, he is a devil that is beautiful, so he attracts you with beauty. Y'all got me tonight, amen? amen? All right, let's read on just a little bit further. It said, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now, this is not the Eden of Adam. This is the Eden that is up in heaven, in the courtroom of heaven. And he says, you have been in the courtroom up in heaven. You've been in paradise up in heaven. And he says, every precious stone was your covering. He put down the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of your tabrets of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So, when you hear music, you hear drums, they were built in to Lucifer. The Bible said he was son of the morning. How many has ever seen this, this uh, uh, what, what was the name of that movie? Where What's-His-Face fell for Meg Ryan? What's his name? The City of Angels. It was the City of Angels. And he would walk out. He fell because he fell in love with this woman. And he fell and they would walk out and they would stand in the opening of the sunrise. And they would be on the beach there and all the angels there. And one of the angels that heard the music looked at uh, the guy that was there and said, You can't hear it anymore, he can't because you fell. He said, I can't hear it at all, but I really miss it. What Lucifer's job was is he was the alarm clock of God. He was the one that in the morning he sounded off. And when he sounded off, all the angels come from wherever they were settled at, wherever they were stationed at, and they went up to heaven and they worshiped God for a while. So he was a uh, alarm. He was a sounding instrument that sounded off and all of the angels heard him. And he was the one that played the music around God's throne while everybody worshiped him. So when the devil became defiled, his music began to be defiled. There is spirit behind music. And the more you play music, if you're country, the more you play country, the more depressed you become. Yeah. If you play rock and roll, the more wild you become. And if you start playing hard rock, the more satanic you become. Yeah. If you keep on playing rapping, you're more violent than you've ever been. Because there is a spirit behind those particular types of tunes. And it is not a spirit that is God's spirit. It is a spirit of the enemy. I mean, just learn something. Amen. I see some of you shaking your hand, especially these kids. You need to understand that the devil uses these things to minister to you. He's ministering to you. He's preaching a message to you. That's why you want to kill yourself. That's why you want to cut yourself. That's why you're acting crazy because you're filling yourself with these thoughts and it's coming into your mind and want to kill. There was a group by, by the name of Queen and Queen sung that song, Another One Bites the Dust. Y'all remember that song? And they had another one that it was called We Are the Champions of the World. And Listen to these verses, the, 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 the verse of this. It says, I've taken my vow before the human race. And, I, and it goes on and he's talking about killing all the human race. And he says, and we are the champions of the world. That ain't no, no, no gospel song from God. That ain't no just little folk tune. That is a message that is being preached from devil to us that he is going to be the one that is the champion of everybody. And all of you have heard that song. We are the champions. Y'all have heard that song. And you love that. And some of you danced to it. And it's been the devil telling you all along, I'm a key. I'm a key. I'm a key. You just come right on. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. I got everybody smiling now. So somebody finally got something here tonight. All right. What verse did I stop in right there? I'll tell you. I get excited with all this. 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. So God saw something in this devil or in this angel and he put him up as the angel that covered everybody else. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and Lucifer. 
He was the fourth one in line to the throne room of God. And he said there was something special in him. He said, I set you that way, and you were on the holy mountain of God. You were in my throne room. And he goes on, he said, you have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And that word stones of fire there in Hebrew means my angels, my ministers of fire. You had free reign to go out and speak to every angel that I created. And you were able to talk to them. You were the only one that had that authority to do that. For some angels was off limits to other angels. But you had the ability to go to every angel. If I stationed him on Pluto, you had the opportunity to go to Pluto and to minister to that angel. Because you were the one that called them to come and worship me. Are y'all getting a revelation tonight? All right. Let's go on a little bit further. He said, you were perfect. In the ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in thee. Everybody holler out and say, He was created. He was created. Say it again. He was created. He was created. Everybody say, Devil, Devil. We, know we know you were created. You were created by God, and God created you, and you're no better than we are. You are not a God, although you are masquerading like you are a God. You are not a God. You are only a created being. Y'all seeing that there tonight? Amen? But he goes on, he says, But by the multitude of thy merchandise you have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering chariot, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness, and I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. There were sanctuaries on certain worlds, certain areas, that he was sent down and he was like the bishop over all of them. Y'all following me now? And the Bible says, God said, he went into these sanctuaries and defiled them. And it goes there and he said, the reason why you did it, if you go back up there to that word in verse 16, he said, by the multitude of thy merchandise, in the Hebrew it means by the multitude of your slanderous lies. You went in and began to lie to my created beings and tell them that God was holding something back from them and created an uproar. Lies do have some type of repercussion. You better be careful who you take the truth from. Amen. So it goes on further, and it says there that your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom, and I'm going to lay you before kings. And he said, you defile your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, I'm going to bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Somebody say amen. And they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. Now everybody just say, devil, devil. you'll never be, you'll never be. Eternal. eternal. God said you will not walk this earth no more. Right. He's going to give you a certain period of time. So I want to just give you an idea of what was going on in this area from the dateless past up until the time of verse number 2 in Genesis chapter number 1. Lucifer was going around from one planet to the next, from one universe to the next, and he was ministering to all of these angels, and he found out in, in Psalms, he found out and discovered the drafting of God's plan and realized that he was stationed on earth at the time, but God's plan, listen to this, was to give the earth to Jesus as his inheritance and eventually take his throne from the other universe and move it to the earth, and it made Lucifer mad. He did not want what he had been ruling over taken away from him. So he went to war with God to keep the power on earth. And not only that, but to go forward and to throw God off of the throne and take it over so he could do whatever he wanted to do. So the devil's intent in your life is, excuse me, is to get you to take God off of the throne. Y'all with me tonight, amen? Now turn with me to Colossians chapter number 1. We're going to be flipping through the Bible a whole lot. You'll, you'll, you'll begin to understand and, and know where your Bible is for too long. Amen. What I'm proving to you is that there were thrones that were set up and they are certain different classes of spirits. 
There are different kinds of spirits. Colossians chapter number 1, verse 15 through 18. Have you got that tonight? Say amen. amen. Verse 15 said, Who is in the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things exist, and he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So if you see there, there are thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers that we have to deal with. And God had these angels set up from the time that the earth come into existence to the time something happened in verse number two. Now, I'm already 30 minutes into this, and I hadn't even made my first point. So go back with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter number one. I want you to just, in your notes, write down Genesis chapter number one, verse one, through Genesis chapter two, verse 25, is the creation and the ages of creativity of God. Now, I want to show you something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. Flip over there with me real quick. Isaiah 45, 18. When God creates something, he does it perfectly. He does it the way he feels like he needs to do it. There's nothing that you have to add to it. There's nothing you have to take away from it. Everything that God creates, he creates it perfectly. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Let's prove that in Scripture, Isaiah 45 and 18. The Scripture says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it and created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. So God's reason for creating this earth was to create it and populate it. God did not want the earth to ever be empty and waste. So what happened between Genesis chapter number 1, verse 1, and verse number 2? The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And then it said, and the earth was empty and waste. But when we look at Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, it says God created the earth so it could be inhabited. We're going to find out later on that when God creates something, he creates it perfectly. So if he created it, he created it for some people or somebody to live in. And now we're looking from Genesis chapter number 1, verse 1, to Genesis chapter number 1, verse 2, that there was a season and a period of time that the world was empty and waste. There was nothing there. Why? If God created everything perfect and he created it for it to be inhabited, then why is it that now we are finding the earth null and void and waste and empty? That's a good question, isn't it? Amen? Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 32, verse 4. I hope y'all getting this tonight. Somebody say amen. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse number 4. I know I ain't going to be able to get too far here tonight because some of you have to go home and go to bed. But I love to teach this because you don't hear it a whole lot in a lot of places. Verse number four of Deuteronomy chapter number 32 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. Everybody say his work's perfect. So if it's perfect, then we can't add anything to it. So if God had the intent for the earth to be inhabited, then it was inhabited. Amen. All right, let's stop right here. Where did the demons come from, Tina? All right, you know? Susan, where does the demons come from, do you know? John, do you know where the demons come from? They are fallen angels. Why are they demons? No, they're not really fallen angels. can be, but anybody got any idea where demons come from? Why do we have demons today? The word demon means at one time it was a spirit that dwelled in a body. An angel is a spirit. So an angel is either a throne, a dominion, a principality, a ruler of darkness, or a spirit of wickedness. But there was a spirit that sometime or another dwelled in a body. Why is it that we have demons today? Oh, I got you interested now, don't I? Anybody know the answer? I'll give you the answer before I leave. Is that all right? 
There you go. We'll get in just a few minutes. Turn to Psalm chapter number 18. It'll all come together here pretty quickly. Psalm chapter number 18. By the way, I appreciate Sister Sissy sending out the text that she did today. I thank you all for coming here tonight. God is wanting you to get this point. Verse 30 of Psalm 18 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is the burglar to all those that trust in him. Everybody say, God's way is perfect. I'm not going to read it tonight, but Job 38, 1 through 40, chapter 40, verse 1 and 2, is explaining to you how God created the heaven and the earth. Now, let's find out where the demons come from. Turn to 2 Peter, chapter 3. Verse 5 through 7, and I'm going to wait on everybody to get there. I want to be sure everybody sees this. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. When you got that, shout out amen. amen. Has anybody not got it yet? I'll wait on that. I'll wait on you. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Everybody got it, Amen. Look at this. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world, and that word world there is the Greek word cosmos, which means social system, the world that then was being overflowed with water Hollow that out with me. Perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Go back up to verse number five. People are willingly ignorant of the fact that the word of God, by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in water whereby the world that then was was overflowed or flooded with water and it perished. And then it goes down, verse 7, it says, but the heavens and the earth which are now. So there is a distinction. The cosmos, the social system that was before was utterly destroyed and it perished. Everything in it died. Everything in it was destroyed. The mountains was destroyed. All of the vegetation was destroyed. There was no life on the earth. But the Bible says the heavens and the earth that are now are being preserved and reserved until the day of judgment when fire comes in and burns it all up. So he's sharing with you there are two different social systems you need to look at. You need to look at a social system that existed in an age. That's what the word uh, the, the word cosmos means, an age, a social system. People that lived in that time or beings that lived in that time were destroyed and they were perished. But there is the world that we're living in now. The world that is now, the earth that is now, is being reserved into judgment. I got a question for you. In... Noah's flood was the heavens destroyed? No. no. Was the earth destroyed? No, it won't. The earth is still here. Was all the men destroyed? Yes. Yeah. So how many was on the ark? Eight. So all the men won't there. Was all the vegetation destroyed? No, because the dove come back with a leaf. Was all the animals destroyed? So there's something different here. God is saying there's a social system that was destroyed, and now there's a social system, the heavens and the earth that we're in now is being held and preserved until righteous judgment later on by fire. So God is saying this is what people are willingly ignorant of. That's how people can be atheists and say that the Bible only gives you 6,000 years of history. God is telling you in the beginning, if scientists can prove this world to be 6 billion years old, let them prove it because it don't destroy through the Bible. God said through many eons and ages and period of time I created this earth out of nothing. I created the heavens out of nothing. But God goes on to say that the social system that he first created was destroyed completely. Completely. Is that interesting to anybody? Amen? Now, 
We're going to find out later on that as I ask you where the demons come from, there were beings that lived on this earth under this old heaven in this old social system and when they were destroyed, they had a spirit in them as well and their spirit had no place to go. So when they were destroyed, it just floats around in the earth. Yes, that's why there's what people call ghosts. I don't call them ghosts, they're demons. They just float around in the earth. And the Bible says that they have an innate desire to actually express themselves. And the only way they can express themselves is to have a body to express themselves in. That's why you're cutting yourself. That's why you're going out hurting yourself. That's why you're depressed all the time because that devil's trying to express himself. Anybody getting anything out of that? Amen. All right. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 9. I'll hush when y'all get ready for me too tonight. Y'all kind of quiet anyhow. Interesting to you, amen? Yeah. Verse number nine. Three and nine. Mm-hmm. I hope y'all go back and read this. In verse number five there it says, which in other ages was not made known unto the son of men. That word ages is the Hebrew, the Greek word aeon or eon that you heard me say before. So, He says there are different ages all the way through. Now look at verse number 9, and he's talking about how the Gentiles and everything come together, but look what he reveals in verse number 9. He says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the cosmos had been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. That's why you got to be able to rightfully divide the word of truth. What cosmos is he talking about? Is he talking about the cosmos that was here on the earth before or the cosmos that is here now? So you got to be able to determine that. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number 1. That's just a couple more um, books over. Hebrews chapter number 1. We're going to read verse 10 through 12. Y'all got that tonight? Say amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 10 through 12. And it says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall wax old as doth a garment, and a vest, as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and thou shalt be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Somebody say Amen. So he's telling you there what's going to happen in the heavens. Let's go a little bit deeper with that. Chapter, flip over to Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 3. I want to show you something here. See, people don't get this. They miss this. That's why there's crossing up in the Bible and certain teachings that's been taught to people, and it's of a different age, and it can't be applied to today. I want you to listen to this, and I want you to notice it real quickly. Verse number 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, not the world, the worlds, plural. Everybody say plural. So God is saying the ages are many. They were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Now flip back to Genesis chapter number one. It's going to get interesting here in just a minute. And I'm going to hurry up. Genesis chapter number one. The word create in there. In the beginning, God created. It is the Hebrew word bara. means It's spelled B-A-R-A. And that word means to bring something out of nothing. To bring something out of nothing. Now I want you to go. Verse number seven. It said, and God made the firmament. That's a different word. That word means he fashioned it out of something that was already created. In the restoration of the earth, the six days, the only thing that was created in the six days in this world was man. He was created as a brand new individual. He said, God said, let us create bara. Let us create man in our own image. Everything else was already here. God just brought it back into life. Y'all got me now. Amen. 
So that word in the Hebrew in Genesis chapter number one, verse one, for earth is the word eretz, E-R-E-T-S, and it means dry ground. It's in the original creation, God said the earth was created. He said the heavens and the earth was created, and it was dry. The whole earth was dry. There was rivers that went through the, the earth. And I said that one time to a preacher. He said, man, you crazy. I said, no, God said he's going to restore the earth just back exactly like he originally created it. If you ever read the book of Revelation, it says there are no more seas in the new earth. God is going to bring it right back. So when God originally created the earth, he created it with no sea. And in the end, it's going to be with no sea. You're going to be able to travel from one side of the earth to the other side of the earth. You're going to be able to go wherever you want to go. Isn't that interesting to you? Amen? Amen. All right, let's go into a little bit. Let's find out what happened between Genesis chapter number 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2. Turn with me, if you will, to Jeremiah chapter 4. God is speaking with Jeremiah. And many of you have probably read this before and read right through it and missed it completely. Jeremiah chapter number 4, we're going to read verse 23 through 26. And I'm going to wait just a minute because it's pivotal for you to see this. I want to be sure everybody's got it. Everybody got it tonight? I'm waiting on a few others. I'll wait just a minute. What was that verse? 23 through 26. God is giving Jeremiah a vision now. Listen to this. Verse 23, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. Let me ask you a question before we go any further. Where in the Bible do you see the earth without form and void? Genesis chapter number 2. So you go all the way back to the law of first reference, and you find out this vision has to deal with what's going on at this point in time. So he said, I'm seeing the earth is without form and void and the heavens and they had no light. Where do you see the earth in the Bible without any light going on in it? Genesis chapter number one. Y'all got me tonight. Amen. He said, I beheld the mountains and lo, they trembled and all the hills moved and lightly. It literally means they trembled. They were gone. They were destroyed. Let me just ask you a question. In Noah's flood were the mountains taken away. Huh? No. Why? Because the ark rested on a Mount Ararat. So there were still mountains here on the earth during Noah's flood. But in this little thing that we're talking about here, this flood we're going to find out here, all the mountains were taken out. All of the hills were moved lightly. Look at it a little bit deeper. He said, and I beheld and lo, there was no man. How many men were on the earth on the ark in Noah's flood? Eight. How many was here? None. They wasn't a single man. So every Saying, where do we find in the Bible where there is the earth mentioned when there is no uh, thing full of it? It's without form. It's without void. There is no mountains. It's in darkness, and there is no man. Where do you find it at? Genesis chapter number 1. Y'all can talk to me tonight. I say amen. Genesis chapter number 1. So he's telling you, go back here. This is where you're going to find the answer at with this. He says, there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven were fled. Were all the birds in Noah's flood killed? No. no. Why? Because there was the raven that was released, and there was the dove that was released. A bird of ever, two of every kind was brought into the ark, and some were brought in seven, uh, uh, seven of each one of the, of the birds so that they could be sacrificed. So birds were still on the earth in Noah's flood. Verse number 26 says, I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. Now, was every city broken down in Noah's flood? Yeah, totally. But God is sharing something other here with you. Look at that verse again. It said, the fruitful place and all the cities were broken down by the presence of the Lord in his anger. There were cities on this earth under the time when we find the earth empty and void. We find the earth under darkness. There is no heavens there and there is no man. There were cities on this earth before then. And because of what happened, 
He destroyed this earth and flooded it from one end to the other and everything that lived on it died. Everything, the dinosaurs, everything died on it. You see, the Bible goes right along with science and the scientist wants to prove to you that it evolved from one age to another. What they don't understand is that there is an age that existed before this age is existing right now. Y'all got me? Am I going too fast for some of you? You got it, sissy. Say amen. Now go with me, if you will, to Luke chapter number 10, verse 18. Everybody's taking notes tonight, so I, I expect you to be a little quiet. Luke chapter 10, verse number 18. Y'all got it? Say amen. amen. This is Jesus talking. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When this happened, God said, I can't have you in rebellion in the same position that you were in. So that that you ruled over, I'm going to put it in chaos. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to make it waste. I'm going to make it desolation. I'm going to empty it. I'm going to ruin it. And he goes on further. And in Revelation, I'm going to have it turned there. You write it down to Revelation chapter 2, verse 3 to 12. In Lucifer's uprising, the Bible says that he took one third, or took all of his subjects, every one of his subjects, everything that he had been over. He was over a third of God's angels as well. And he was over every subject that lived here on the earth. And he went up to heaven to try to usurp God. And when he did, God flung him out of heaven. And a third of his angels, 33% of God's angels, rebelled with him. And God threw him out and destroyed the throne that he had here on this earth. So he has some angels that failed. Those angels that fail are principalities. Those angels that fail are powers. Those angels that fail are rulers of the darkness. They ruled in the darkness after that. And then the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 6 that there are spirits of wickedness. Spirits of wickedness. I want you to look at something. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 verse number 35 real quick. Y'all finding this interesting tonight? Say Amen. All right. I want everybody to turn here and see this. Matthew chapter 13, verse 35. And I'm going to try to end on this tonight. Hopefully I can. I got about four minutes that I can record. All right, you got it? Say amen. amen. Matthew 13 and 35. This is Jesus talking. Listen to what he says. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. I'm sorry, I read the wrong verse. That it, Am I in the right chapter? Yeah, 1335. That it might be fulfilled, which was also spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Underline that word foundation. It's very important you understand this. The word world there is cosmos, the foundation of the cosmos, the social system. The word foundation is the Greek word katabol, spelled K-A-T-A-B-O-L-E. In our language, it means the overthrow of the social system. God never overthrew this social system. He will not overthrow this social system that we're living in until this earth is renovated by fire and he judges everybody. But he did overthrow a social system. Jesus said, I am the Lamb of God slain since the foundation of the earth, the overthrowing of the social system. Then he goes on in the Bible and he says, hell was created for the devil and his angels. Hell was never created until that social system was overthrown. 
And God created hell for the angel of that rebelled against him and the devil to come in and to have their kingdom in. So every living creature that lived on the earth up until Genesis chapter number 1 verse 2, they had a spirit and when they were killed, there was no place for their spirit to go. It just floated out here in the world. There are angels that have been assigned and chained in certain other areas under the ground and in certain areas here on this earth. And God eventually will take every rebellious creature and throw them in the lake of fire, which is a compartment of hell. But the demons come from the very people or the beings that lived here on this earth before Adam was ever created. Now, how many ever seen one? Anybody ever seen one? What do they look like? I've seen two. 